This is the Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. Where hip hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Hey, people, they change. 
finna go off on the honor of my people. Yeah, yeah. I feel the blast on my mask. Trying to stay lethal while people like needles. I'm making the substance. Y'all crashing my steepers. I'm up in the regal like evil Knievel. I'm fixing my head like Whitney from Hughes. Time is ticking, ticking faster. I'ma take the plane platter. Take the glass and make it matter. Hold it down for the ladder. Hold it down for the ladder. Slingshot, we some shooters. Yes, we got that rock, but it's to share. Clueless, go nowhere. I'm rooting. Let's make this clear, like rooting. I fear no man. I'ma stay right here till the father say, "Damn, I'm moving, man. I'm rocking with the best." That's that uno dos dress. Yes, rolls up on the dress. Many rolls up like some jets. Look, I'm just mission man on that mission man, and I pick him. No Instagram, I've been cleaned up. That's fake and span and fake in the sea, and I'm a fisher man. Let's go. Uh. We be here since day one, day one, day one. We ain't never leaving down, down. Shout out to my day ones. Loyalty is all I know. Nowhere we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going no way, no way, no way. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. It's sexless, man. Yo, mission, mission, Never 
for a gamer. Time's of the essence, this message is crucial. I'm driving the lane, not relying on faders. Plenty of haters, but I never listen like bread in the oven. My Jesus has risen, he gave up his life. That's how I'm forgiving. He's coming back soon, that's not just a prediction, man. Back in the day, I followed the masses. Now he's a potter on the clay cash it. So all I want to do is go fish, match it. He gave me the tools to turn it, get around, ratchet. I believe it. If I say it, I mean it. Please forgive me, because I know that I need it. We go harder when there's only one reason. We know you need blood like a tick on some leeches. Whole life, I've been searching for an answer. But I avoided God like the plague or a cancer. Uh, and he still showed me mercy. Man, I don't understand it. But the chains have been broken. The shackles are shattered. The cell has been opened. Man, I've been set free like Willie inside of the ocean. Now they gon' see that we made it. Now they gon' know that we're saying it. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Now they gon' see that we made it. Now they gon' know they were saying it. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Now they gon' see who we made it. Now they gon' know who's hating. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Hey DeAndre, hey DeAndre, what it do? Yeah. Friday catching vibes with the with the crew. Yeah. Top down and I ride for the view. Yeah. Trump battle and the speakers go boom. Yeah. First thing I'm an artist. Bro, you know that I love God. I don't make them without him. Two times from a pop Get it straight, it's a G thing. Feeling like I got a go ring. Came through with the gang game, put with it on the track. Watch it, baby. See that we made it. Now they gon' know that we're saving. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Now they gon' see that we made it. Now they gon' know that we're saving. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Now they gon' see who we made it. Now they gon' know who's hating. Now they gon' know who the greatest. Look to my God for the praises. Yeah, this is what we do. Yes, I came here to kill it. I may be a hero, but I hang with some villains. My father's a rock, so who really gon' kill me? I dab on the devil, I make him look guilty. Wait, hold up, who gon' stop me? I step in the booth and I turn into Rocky. I got all the end, that's why I'm so cocky. I walk down the hill until late in the box. You, you never met me, but scope out the scene. I see the vision, no call it's a dream. I am the rapper that switch up the scene. I, I am the rapper that live for the king. Dang, wait, the last bar hell. Yeah. To put a lot of fake Christians back in the dough. Don't shut my mouth, cause I know my worth is a brand new Zay. Hope you see the rebound. Now they gon' see that we made it. Now they gon' know that we're saying it. Now they gon' know who the greatest look to my god for the praises now they gonna see that we made it now they gonna know they were saying now they gonna know who the greatest look to my god for the praises now they gonna see that we made it now they gonna know who the greatest Homies to come and get it. Listen to truth when it's spitting now. Gospel of Christ, man, that's what we bout. Fasting and prayer is recommended. I really don't care if you get offended. Walk in the church, let the shirt sing. Double brain ain't dead with a dope scene. Tell every day what you don't need. Smoke weed, OD on dope dreams. Bless so much, like don't sneeze. Unite as one, like groceries. Talk about when they save me. Through hell and back, and I'm blaming me. What a sinful man, I took a million bands. Till he turned around and he changed me. I'm like, like. Just working, working, we not getting paid, dog. Just working, working, we not getting paid, dog. 
RP, yes, I'm Jake. Do it, do it, do it. The summer's out. It ain't never been a gang. Man, you know we ain't in it for the fame. Yeah, I see y'all haters talking. All y'all really do is watch it. Man, I thought you know it. Know it, know it, know it, know it. RP, SMG, the team, man, I thought you know it. And you know we in the league, we the starting five New kids on the block, yeah, we running things. Run things. Next to the middle, like a wedding rain. Uh, and we spraying the alligators, and we know the imitators who try to debate us, okay? Uh, rolling the highway 80, headed to the bay. To the bay. Sipping liver water like it's cool late. Drink it up, drink it up. Boy, I thought you knew. RPSMG, the new. Why don't you come and join the crew? What's your name? Yeah, Oh, yeah. Man, I thought you heard why we ain't never playing. I ain't playing. We fly in the planes. You can catch your swagging in Japan when we on tour. Oh, OMG, who the best now? Doing shots for your vets now. I ain't talking text now. I'm counting one, two, three. I bet I get a text now. Man, it ain't ever been the game. Man, you know we ain't in it for the fame. Yeah, I see y'all haters talking. All y'all really do is watch it. Man, I thought you know it. Know it, know it, know it, know it. Harping up some G to team, man, I thought you know it, know it, know it, know it, And you know we in the league, we the starting five. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. Like I got a new start, like I got a new heart. Let me open up your eyes, see the lust and the lies, see the pain and the pride. And I came a long way, but I got a long way to go. Cause I learned that I gotta be original. And change is not easy, but trust what I work. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. I love it, I love it, I love it a lot. The thing that I got, the life that I have, I never would trade. It's one of a kind, it's one that he gave. Yeah, life is hard, it gets to my nerve. I've been through the fire, but that was a blessing. Making me stronger and teaching me lessons. That's how I deal with the stressing. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. So thankful, so grateful I am. So no light in the tunnel. I thought it was over, but he making me over. Day in and day out, I'm learning to trust him. New mindset and new goals. You can say that I'm all in, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We hope you enjoyed the music mix. Now we have a gospel message by Pastor Merritt Robinson. This morning we're in Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to go through the entire chapter this morning. The title of my message, message is Vision of God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Before I start um, chapter 4, verse 1, I want to take us back just a little bit so that we can be reminded of the visions that have been given to the Apostle John, the writer or the author of this particular particular book. Remember in chapter one, John is provided a vision of Jesus. And so in chapter one, we see this vision of Jesus 
And again, Jesus was someone that John was intimately familiar with. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He ate with Jesus. But he sees Jesus in a divine mode at that point. But then in chapters two and three, John has provided another vision and, or I shouldn't say another vision, but he's provided a message for the seven churches in what is known as, or was known as Asia Minor. And so John was given a message and that message was to be translated to Ephesus, the church of in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Laodicea, or I'm sorry, Philadelphia, and then Laodicea. So those seven churches. Now, one of the things that I stated was this, the number seven is the number of what? Completeness. And so even though the messages that John was providing were directed to those seven churches, because seven is a number of completeness, it is believed that the message is a message that is written to all of the church. And so all of the church should receive these messages and then apply them. Now, as we get to chapter four, we're going to see John is given a new vision. And so as we start here, chapter four of Revelation, verse one, note what it indicates. After this, I looked and there in heaven, a door stood open. And the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I must show you what must take place after this. After what? So remember, he had been given a vision of Jesus. He had been given messages to the churches. And now after this information that has been provided, God wanted to show him further what would take place. But it is a message or a vision of what would take place in the future. And so John is given something that would be future bound. And he says, I looked up and there in heaven, a door stood open. See, John, as he gets this or receives this vision, he sees this door and it's a doorway to heaven, but he can't quite see into the doorway yet. It's like when you go to somebody's home and you get to the door, you can't quite see what's in the home yet until what? Until that door is opened. And so the door to heaven is opened up for John so that he might be able to see into the the heavenlies and find out what is going to happen in the future from a heavenly perspective. And so this door is open and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. That voice like a trumpet, remember, is the voice of whom? The voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus is like a trumpet. And so Jesus is saying to John, come up so that you might see what is going to take place. Verse two. And at once I was in the spirit and there in heaven stood a throne, which one seated or with one seated on the throne. And so once he hears this voice, he is thrown into the spirit. In essence, 
John was empowered by the spirit so that he might be able to see and hear all the things that are associated with this heavenly or spiritual vision. And so once he gets through the doorway, what's the very first thing that he sees? He sees a throne. A throne is standing there in the midst of heaven. And on the throne is what? Or better yet, who? It says one was seated on the throne. Now, who do you think the one is who is seated on the throne? It would be God. It is God because God is who? He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. See, kings do what? They sit on thrones. And see, God is sitting on the throne. What a, it must have been an incredible vision to see that, to be cast up into this spiritual vision and to see God seated on the throne. And at verse three, he says this, and the one seated on the throne looks like Jasper and Carnelian and around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. See, John gets a vision of God on the throne. It should be noted that Paul, the apostle Paul in second Corinthians chapter two, he talks about being caught up into the heavens. He called it the third heavens. And he stated that he heard inexpressible things. I can't imagine being in the throne room of God and what that must look like and feel like. That must be something that was incredible. And being able or trying to explain what that looked like and felt like and what he saw and heard, it was probably beyond words. Have you ever gone somewhere and it's been so beautiful? You're, I, I can't even describe it. That, I mean, there's no words for it. I remember when my wife and I went to Jamaica and we went there and we went on Dunn's Rivers and we went out onto the ocean and it was almost inexplicable. You're like, how... You can't explain how beautiful it was. But think about the throne room of God. I mean, the throne room of God is without comparison. And so John, as he's looking, he is trying to come up with the words. And he says, the one who is seated looks like Jasper and Carnelian. What is Jasper and Carnelian? Do you guys know? They're precious stones. They are multicolored and brilliant in reflection. And so God sitting on the throne was so brilliant, so precious, so multicolored in essence that all he could uh, describe him as is this brilliant, precious stones. And around the throne was this rainbow, rainbow that looked like emeralds. Think about what an emerald is. Emerald is like this greenish blue stone. It's very bright and brilliant, vibrant. And so in essence, John, as he's looking, he sees uh, God on the throne and around the throne is this rainbow. The other day when my wife and I uh, were up in San Francisco visiting my daughter, it rained, but then as the rain started to slow down, there was this huge rainbow. It was so uh, beautiful. And oftentimes when people see a rainbow, what do they do? They look, look at the rainbow. 
because it's so great. It's so magnificent. The color spectrums are so brilliant. That's what John is seeing. He's looking and he's seeing how great and how magnificent and how brilliant the color spectrum is. That's what he's seeing. And that's how he's describing God. The other thing that we should note about a rainbow is this. Think about in Genesis, when God sent the flood and it destroyed all of creation, except for Noah and his family, God provided a rainbow and the rainbow served as what? A covenant. And that covenant was this, that I will no longer send a flood to punish humanity. See, the rainbow or the covenant that God extends to his creation, it speaks of his redemption and his love and his extended love for his people. And see, as John looks, he sees God seated on the throne as Jasper and Carnelian with an emerald that's surrounding the throne. And what he is indicating is this, that God and his love is so central to his character for his people, for his creation. Verse four, and around the throne are seated 24 other thrones. And so when you, John gets up to the heavenlies, he sees this throne. He sees one seated on the throne, but then around this main throne are 24 thrones and on the thrones are 24 elders dressed in white robes with golden crowns on their heads. Now, who are these 24 elders? There are many different thoughts in regards to who these elders are. Some people think they're, they're angels, but I think, and I, I believe, um, this gentleman, his name is Simon Kistemaker. He's a theologian. He indicates this, that the 24 elders, he believes they represent the 12 Old Testament patriarchs, the sons of Jacob, and the 12 New Testament apostles. And so in essence, what he is indicating is this, that they are representatives of the Old and the New Testament. They serve within the royal court of God and they are seated around the throne of God. Verse five, and coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there is something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And so as John sees this vision of God on the throne, and he sees the elders, these 24 elders sitting on thrones around God, he says, there are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. It shall remind us of what we see in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. Remember when Israel had left Egypt and they are walking in the desert. They get to a mountain and the mountain is called Mount Sinai. And around Mount Sinai were clouds. And what came from those clouds? Thunder and lightning representing the power and the awesomeness of the Lord. And so when John sees God on the throne, he sees this one who is brilliant, 
because he talks about these precious stones, but the one who stands or sits on the throne is also powerful and awesome and mighty. That is our God. But then he also says, and there was the seven spirits of God and the seven spirits of God speak of the Holy Spirit. And so as I spoke about earlier, before we started service, I spoke about who God is. The Bible indicates this in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord God is one, the great Shema. And so the Bible indicates there's one God, but one, that one God is revealed in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Godhead. And when we get to the book of Revelation, what do we see? We see God sitting on the throne. We see the Holy Spirit. And by the way, in the next chapter, in chapter five, we are going to see the Lamb of God, which speaks of Jesus Christ, the Trinity. And so John goes on and he states this. And from the throne comes a sea of glass like crystal. What does that represent? Well, if you go further on in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 22, in Revelation 22, verse one, it says this, and he showed me the river of the water of life, sparkling life or sparkling like crystals. It proceeds from the throne of God and the lamb. See, what comes from God or what comes from the throne? What is this crystal like, the sea of glass? What does it represent? And remember this, in the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation has a lot of what? Symbolism. There's a lot of symbolic language. And see, this crystal or sea of glass is the life that comes from God. Jesus indicated what? I am the way the truth, and what? The life. See, nothing comes to you except from God. Anything of true value and worth comes from the true and living God. He is the one who gives us life. But then he goes on, and in verses 6 through 11, he is going to talk about the worship of, of this king who sits on the throne. He has spoken about the king in the first six verses, but in the second part of verse six through 11, he is talking, he's going to speak about how we are to worship this king. And around the throne, on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Verse seven, the first living creature is like a lion. The second living creature is like an ox. The third living creature with a face like a human face. And the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. Now, I remember when I first started reading this, I thought to myself, what in the world is that? What could that be? But if you go to the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, you'll see the same description. And Ezekiel calls these creatures cherubim. They are angels or representatives of the Lord. Now, remember, throughout the book of Revelation, there is symbolism. <coughs> Excuse me. And so these angels 
when you see the description here, it says they have eyes in front and behind. What it indicates is this, that they are fully alert. There's nothing that escapes their attention. And the first creature was like a lion. When you think about lions, what do you think about? I think, I think about lions. They're the kind, they call them the king of the jungle, but they are bold and courageous. The second thing, when you see their second creature, I should say, says they're like an ox. When I think of an ox, I think of strength and endurance. The third living creature had a face as a human face. Oftentimes when I think of humanity, I think of uh, intelligence. And then finally, a flying eagle. Eagles are majestic and they have vision to see all things. And so these cherubim, they are bold, they are courageous, they have strength, they have endurance, they are intelligent, and they are majestic. They are the creation of God and nothing escapes their attention. That is the creation that is standing around the throne of God. And these four living creatures, each of them have six wings and once again, are full of eyes all around and inside. And note what they do. Day and night, without ceasing, they sing what? Holy, holy, holy. The Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What are they doing? They are worshiping. They are worshiping God. These creatures that are around the throne are worshiping. They are giving complete and total reverence to to God. They are honoring him. They are giving him the glory that is due and they are recognizing that he is worthy to be praised. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, the writer says this, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. We too are to confess the name of God. We are to give praise unto him. But then John goes further at verse nine here in chapter four of the book of Revelation. And he says this, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, you know what they do? They fall. They prostrate themselves before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. And they have, they have crowns on their head and they cast these crowns before the throne singing, you are worthy, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. We see these angels or these cherubim worshiping. We see the 24 elders who are also around the throne. What are they doing? Worshiping. The people of God should give glory, honor, and thanks unto the Lord at all times. This is what it's indicating. God's people should fall down and worship him because he is worthy to be worshiped. And why should God be worshiped? 
because he is eternally God. He is the one who lives forever. He is the creator of all things. And so as I close this particular chapter, what is John revealing in this chapter to us, the reader? Number one, he is showing you a glimpse of God and his majesty on the throne. He is also demonstrating how he should be worshiped. And for us, we should realize this, that there is one God who is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is the giver of all life, the creator of all. And thus, we should worship this King. And so I would ask you this morning, do you truly know who God is and what he means to you? Do you have an intimate relationship with God and do you worship him in spirit and in truth? If not, or if you say in the negative, I would say this, you have the opportunity today to begin worshiping God, to begin bowing down before him and stating you are worthy to be praised. Let's pray. Yes, sir, yes, sis, if you can hear through hip-hop, then hear this, hear this, fresh off the presses, here to lift souls and clear all depression, uh, cause I know what it's like when the sun's all shining, but your soul feels night, feels like you're caught under gloom's dark presence, with a little light shining like the moon's sharp crescent, Talk about it. how many days going by when I said I was going win and I ain't even try? I wake up at half court, the day is half gone, time left on the board is mad short. Rushing my shots, I hurry out the door, I don't pray, I don't take my worries to the Lord. How much time does it take to run the floor? Get the stop watching. Welcome to the Infinite Flow Sports segment. I want to talk about the NBA playoffs. Right now, we've got, I think, two teams that are definitely going to be there. I don't think anyone has any doubts that Cleveland and Golden State are going to get to the NBA Finals. Right now, Cleveland is playing Toronto, and I I think that series is going to be over really quickly. Golden State is playing Utah. That series is definitely going to be over quickly. Um, I don't think – no, I take that back. I think Utah has led for a matter of a minute in the entire series. So, I mean, let's be real. I don't, I don't think Utah has, has a shot at beating Golden State. And then when you get to the next series, it's probably going to be Cleveland versus Boston, which should be an entertaining series. But I still think at this point, Cleveland's going to win it. Braun is playing out of this world. And if there's any doubt as to who the best player in the world is, LeBron is basically saying, y'all are tripping. Don't even think about anyone being better than me. I mean, yeah. Westbrook had Russell Westbrook, that is, had an incredible year. But, you know, when it comes down to it, LeBron is the man. James Harden had a great year. Steph's had a good year. I mean, there are a lot of people who are potentially deserving of the uh, NBA uh, or MVP of the NBA. But when it comes down to it, LeBron is still that dude. Um, On the flip side, Golden State most likely I'm I'm pushing they're going to play San Antonio. I'm not sure if Houston if Houston can pick up the pace and get San Antonio to play at their speed then maybe they have a shot but I think 
San Antonio is going to win that series. And so you'll have Golden State versus San Antonio. And I think San Antonio can push them, but I think Golden State would win that series 4-2. to two. So that leaves us with Golden State and Cleveland in the finals. So that is going to be a heck of a series because Golden State's got the big four with KD, Steph, Draymond, Clay, and then LeBron. Again, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron is going to to play his behind off. He's gonna he's gonna you know get his team to rise to the level that they need to to rise to, and it doesn't hurt to have um, Kyrie, K Love. So he he's got some guys that he can go to battle with as well. But you know LeBron is just doing some just ridiculous stupid stuff. I mean spinning the ball in his hands while the game is playing. You know like. He's just playing around and then shooting three pointers. Come on, man. Come on, really? So um, I think that, you know, the NBA playoffs, you know, we're getting through these these uh, preliminary series, but ultimately we should see a showdown, a rematch with Cleveland and Golden State. We'll see uh, who can uh, pull it out um, in this, this third go around. So it should be exciting. Sit down. Wait now. Be humble, uh, sit down, uh, be humble, yeah, lay low, uh, be humble, uh, lay low, yeah, be humble, uh, sit down, wait, be humble, uh, sit down, yeah. The Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Be humble, yeah, lay low, yeah, be humble, uh, sit down, be humble, uh, sit down, the other thing I want to talk about, which is got Twitter, social media, everything just a buzz, is Lonzo Ball. It, it it seems like we have been talking about Lonzo and his father, LeVar, for this last, what, six weeks? You know, ever, you know, ever since... Um, they lost, um, or I should say just prior to UCLA losing in the NCAA tournament, we heard LeVar Ball talk about his son, Lonzo. And, and hey, l- let me just say this. Lonzo is talented. If you don't think he's, the kid is talented, then you're hating because the kid is obviously talented. He's going to be a top three pick. And so, you know, Lonzo you know, for those who think he's overrated, he can't play, he's this and that. I mean, get real. Now, his father, yes, he's outspoken, he's brash. Some some of the stuff he's saying doesn't make any sense, but that's just him. He just talks and talks and talks. And people are buying into it. It's like a feeding frenzy. People are listening to what he says and they're saying, he's He's crazy. He's this. He's going to ruin his kids' chances in the NBA. He's Listen, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. What is he doing? He's putting the spotlight on his son and sons that are coming behind Lonzo. And so if you haven't heard, Lonzo has come out with his own signature shoe. Um, LeVar has been adamant that he did not want Lonzo to sign an endorsement deal or be endorsed by a particular shoe company like Nike or Adidas or 
Under Armour, et cetera. He wanted to have a co-branding deal where, in essence, those shoe companies would be a partner with him that would embrace his brand, that 3B or big baller brand, embrace that brand, and then promote it alongside their other items or shoes or clothing and et cetera. And my understanding, Nike, I'm not sure if he had any other meetings. I'm sure he did, but it sounds like the shoe companies were like, no, we're not going to do that. So he decided, hey, I'm going to produce my own shoe. And so they produced their own shoe. Um, it's called the Zoe 2, um, Alonzo, Zoe, and then his number two. And when I first saw the shoe, my son sent me a, a text and he said, hey, Zoe came out with his own shoe. And so I looked at it and I was like, ugh, it it doesn't look that great. But when I actually got to see the picture, it it's a decent shoe. It's I mean, it's black um, and it's um, I mean, it's, it's got a decent look to it. Uh, it does. And a lot of people have said this. It does look a lot like Kobe's you know, shoes from about four or five years ago. So it does, it's nothing spectacular, but I mean, it's a, it's a decent looking shoe. Now here's the thing. People have come out and they're all upset. You know, Oh, he's, he, he thinks he's all of this and he thinks he's all that. And all, you know, they're just saying things just because he is going out and he has the boldness to do it. But folks are saying that, you know, LeVar is going to ruin Lonzo's career. Listen, Lonzo is going to go out and he's going to play. And I mean, if he plays well, hey, so be it. If he doesn't, so be it. But I think personally, just, you know, I've had the chance to watch the kid play. I I don't know the family personally. So let me just put that out there. I don't know them personally, but I have seen him in the gym he used to go to a gym where my son used to work out. Um, I ha- have a friend of mine who knows the family fairly well. So I remember when Lonzo was 10, 11 and watching him grow and progress. My son went to Damien High School. So shout out to the Spartans. He went to Damien High School out in Laverne, California and Chino Hills and Damien were in the same league. So got to see him play throughout his high school career. Kid's talented. <laughs> you, there's, you can't doubt that. The talent is there. He's 6'6". He's a point guard. He's long. He's athletic. He likes to get his teammates involved. He's not a ball hog. Um, yeah, will he t- try to take over the game when need be? Yes. But he's going to make people that he plays with better. He just does that. And so to hate on the kid because of that, it doesn't make much sense. Now, the father, again, some of the things the father said is are outlandish. Um, you know, in regards to the when they lost, when UCLA lost against Kentucky, and saying, "Well, you can't win when you have three white players because of the foot speed." Come on, dude. I mean, you guys lost because Kentucky was better. Or to say things like Lonzo is going to be better than Steph. Hey, he could be, but. At this point, Steph has been in the league for seven, eight years. Steph Curry, that is. He's a two-time MVP. Lonzo's not there yet. So to say those types of things, I think he's just saying it so that, again, the spotlight comes onto his son. But 
Here's the thing. As he has tried, and that's LeVar Ball, that is, as LeVar has tried to build his brand, I have nothing against him when it comes to that. He's trying to build a company that will benefit his family, his kids down the line. I don't see that being any different than anyone else. When Phil Knight tried to develop or build Nike, I remember, I remember the first time I saw Nike, I was uh, eight, nine years old. I used to play tennis and my parents bought me Nike shoes. And, and at that time, I know I'm dating myself, but they probably cost 15, 20 bucks, something like that. You know, so no one was saying anything about Phil Knight trying to build his company. Or, for example, with Under Armour, no one's saying anything about Under Armour and the owner of Under Armour building his company. That's all LeVar and the Ball family are doing. They're they're saying, let's build something and take advantage of our fame at this point and build something that might be able to develop into a company that has benefits for our for our family for years. Hey, who? Why would you fault somebody in doing that? Now, I know some people have said, "Okay, Lonzo's shoe. He's got his signature shoe that has come out, and the cost of this shoe five hundred dollars, five hundred stacks for a shoe." Now, I personally have I've kind of gone back and forth. I told my son, "Man, I might buy me a pair." And he goes, why would you buy a pair of those shoes? I said, just to support, just to support the kid and the the vision that they have for this company. Now, there's been other people who said, $500? I wouldn't pay $500 for a shoe. And you know what? For a basketball shoe, that's a little much. Um, but here's the thing. For those who say, oh, it's too expensive. Why would you want to rip off kids? Well, I would say this. Aren't Nike and Adidas and Under Armour ripping kids off? I mean, if you're going to use that logic, I mean, to pay $250 for LeBron's or or Jordan's shoes, that's a lot of money. Or to pay $175 for KD's or to pay a hundred and some odd dollar for Paul George's shoe. I mean, that's a lot of money. And so, you know, to me, it's all relative to say, hey, $500 is expensive. Well, $200 is expensive. $250 is expensive. Hey, if you really if you really want to talk about the shoes, basketball shoes in general, then say talk about those other companies. Uh, and hey, and for a matter of fact, why don't you just say why don't you, why don't those companies be like Shaq and Stefan Marbury? Sell your shoes at Walmart for $15, $20 so it's you know, cost effective for all families to you know purchase shoes for their children. So that that um, that argument, as far as it's too expensive, I, I'm not buying that. You know, th- there are a lot of things that are too expensive. I mean, have you gone car shopping lately? I mean, Mercedes, Audi, BMW, Lexus, all of those all of those cars, they're too expensive. Why should you have to pay, or why would anybody pay? a hundred thousand dollars for a car that doesn't make any sense but people do it you know think about rolex watches why would you pay ten thousand dollars for a watch when you can get one for 50 bucks or here's another thing phones i i had a i had to buy a phone a couple of months ago and you if you go and look at phones for example samsung 
six hundred, seven, eight hundred dollars for a phone? Are you crazy? But people will buy that. But yet they're going to complain about a a five hundred dollar shoe. So it doesn't make a, it doesn't make much sense sense to me. But that's what people are talking about. They're talking about him um, costing his son money, you know, potentially in the draft or with endorsements. Well, again, I think he's looking out for his son. Now, I'm not saying everything that LeVar has done uh, is, you know, perfect and neat, but he's ultimately trying to look out for his son. And I can't I can't fault a father for doing that. But here's what I would say. And especially when it comes to ownership, see, many of these athletes, they will be endorsed by a company and they will, you know, promote their products for them. And yeah, they pay them. They'll pay them a couple million, three million dollars while they're making billions of dollars. So, hey, yeah. Um, Paul George, for example, he's the most recent guy, Paul George. I'm not sure what his deal is with Nike. I'm going to guess it's probably in that three, four million, maybe $5 million range, but he's going to promote Nike's product. And so he's getting a small percentage and note what Nike is going to get. Nike is going to sell thousands upon thousands of those shoes. And it doesn't really cost them very much to make them, but they are going to get the bulk of the profits. And so I can't fault the Ball family for for saying, let's build our own brand and let us get the bulk of the profits. To, to me, that's 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 a good uh, uh, business idea. Why not? Let's see if it'll work. And see, to me, every company has started somewhere. Every company has started somewhere. I remember listening to Mark Cuban say something that I thought was so key. He said, you know what? I rather make $50,000 a year and yet the company is mine. Everything that I am building and profiting is mine versus make 150,000 and I'm working for someone else. And so I, again, I don't agree with everything that LeVar Ball has said, but in this case, I think it's a wise idea. Why don't you take advantage and see if you can build a company, building it from scratch and see where it goes. So I want to thank you for listening to the Infinite Flow Sports segment. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We will have new episodes every two weeks, so come back and join us for the Infinite Flow Show, where hip-hop, the gospel, and sports intersect.